Well, good evening. How is everybody tonight? We got some people over here. We got some people over here. You guys, I'm going to get you out of your comfort zone. I'm going to ask you guys to move to the middle. And I know you'll be because because you love the man of God and the man of God is asking you to move to the middle and I know you'll be obedient to the Lord. Amen? So I'm asking you guys too over there just to move to the middle because I'm, I, I, want, I want you to get front on with the things of God. Amen? It's going to be a good night tonight to tell somebody next to you it's going to be a good night. We are going to, um, I've got a little bit of things that I want to share with you tonight out of God's word tonight. And then we're going to break down into some small groups tonight. So some of you that may be the first time that you've been here on a, on a Wednesday night or if you've not been here in a while, um, I'm going to, I'm going to have a little a message for you tonight. I'm going to share some things tonight and then we're going to break down and we're going to go back in the fellowship hall. And as we go back into the fellowship hall, there's some refreshments for you to grab. We are, we are working on relationships. How many of you know God's an intimate God? He, he's intimate with us. And the relationships we're working on is getting to know each other. And one of the things that Shelly and I have, have learned over 17 years is you don't really get to know somebody. If you come in and you worship together and then you leave, and then you come back in and worship together and then you leave. Amen? So we're trying to, you know, navigate through some uh, some waters to get to that place where we get to know each other a little better. So that's important tonight. That is important tonight. Um, how many of you here were last week? Just raise your hand if you were here for last week. Okay, good. Those of you guys that raised your hand, I need you to answer a question for me. Did you have enough time in your discussion last week? Those of you said, yes, I had enough time, raise your hand. One, two. How many of you say I could have used more time in the discussion? One, two, three. That's great. Six and six. Okay. So anyways, I guess, I guess you'll get what I got. Amen. And you'll use what, what God has for you. How many of you know that God's preparing you for something? God is preparing you for something. God is preparing you for something. Uh, we're going to look at, at uh, your plans or God's plans. I Did you guys notice I put 1 Kings 17? Last week, you guys got me. It was like 2 Kings 17. And I know it messed you guys up, especially you teachers that are like, it's got to be line upon line, precept upon precept. Don't misspell anything and don't, you know, don't do this and don't do that. Um, 1 Kings 17, is everybody there? Say, I'm there. Anybody that's not, say, I'm not. Okay, there's a few of you that are not get there. If you got an iPad, I, you know, I was thinking about, I was thinking about having a sign that says, I believe. <laughs> I dot believe. I mean, there's iPad, iPhone, iPod, I pear, I apple, I banana, I, you know, all the I banana things. We're picking up where we left off last week and we talked about 1 Kings chapter 17 and we talked about Elijah and Elijah, there's a place that I want to get to tonight, but Elijah predicted a drought and I shared with you last week that what took place with Elijah that when he had, um, he had stepped into this drought time and it was three and a half years. We'll look at some scriptures to back that up. But Elijah had, 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 there was a drought that was going on. First of all, I wanted you to know that there was a battle back then and there is a battle here right now. Can I get an amen on that? 
there's a battle that's taking place. We may not realize it, but everything we do comes from two sources. It either comes from the kingdom of light or the kingdom of dark. Amen? So those two kingdoms are diabolically opposed to each other. The kingdom of dark wants to push down the kingdom of light. And the kingdom of light, how many know light always dispels the darkness? Amen? So the kingdom of dark doesn't like the kingdom of light. So what I'm talking about is the Baal structure that Elijah was dealing with in in 1 Kings chapter 17 specifically. In a drought, and there was a drought that was taking place, it was in direct conflict of this structure of Baal. Baal was supposedly a god of of plentiness. He was a god of crops. He was a god of rain. He was a god that was trying to bring these things. Are you with me? And what God had done is he had begun to line up to say, guess what? That structure, that Baal thing, is not going to overtake the God thing. Can I get an amen for that tonight? Come on. So he's not going to take over the God thing. And we know that right now, what in, in Kings 17, it was before, just before he was getting ready to address the prophets of Baal and have a battle on Mount Carmel. So do we understand how, 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 how important that is? So God was preparing Elijah for something. So let me just go through a little bit. I'm going to read and preach a little bit. We're going to get to a place. And I want to share, I want to share with you. Uh, 17.1, um, it said, Now Elijah the, the Tishbite, who was of the settlers of Gilead, who was, which it's east of the Jordan, said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, surely there shall neither be dew nor rain these years except by my word. And verse 2 says, the word of the Lord came to him saying, go away from here, turn eastward, hide yourself by the book of Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. It shall be that you will drink of that brook that I have commanded and the ravens to provide for you there. Now we look at me just a moment. Here we have God providing for Elijah, right? How was he providing for him? The ravens were providing for him. Good. There was a brook right there. So how many of you know it's a nice thing? There's a brook going. It's nice, cool water. And, you know, there's bread. Anybody got any servants bringing them bread and food every day? Other than God, because God does provide for us. We don't have those servants that are coming. I didn't have anybody that come. Shelly. I didn't have anybody to come and bring me breakfast this morning. <laughs> it's like, oh, hey, well, tomorrow morning won't be either. But, you know, man, it's tough tonight. It says that that it shall be you that will drink of the brook and that I have commanded the ravens to provide for you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. Let me say that again. He went and did according to the word of the Lord. He went and lived by the brook Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. Verse 6. There it is, honey. Verse 6. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening and he would drink from the brook. It happened while that the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. And the Bible states that, right? There was no rain in the land. Why did the brook dry up? Because there was no rain. There was some natural forces that came into play that the brook began to dry up. 
Are you with me? Because God's word had commanded it's not going to rain for three and a half years. Are you with me? So all of a sudden things begin to dry up. Is there some things in your life that you're looking around and you're beginning to wonder something's drying up? Is there some things going on in your life that maybe there was provision at one time that all of a sudden things are beginning to, for lack of a better term, beginning to dry up? Beginning to look. Let's look and see. The word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and stay there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and he said, Please get me a little bit of water in a jar that I may drink. And she was going to get it. And he called to her and he said, Please bring me a piece of bread in your hand. But she said, as the Lord your God lives, I have no bread, only a handful of flour in a bowl and a little oil in a jar. And behold, I am gathering a few sticks that I may go in and prepare for me and my son that we may eat it and die. What was her vision for her life? Louder? Eat it and die. I'm going to eat this and I'm going to die. I'm going to eat this and I'm going to die. And sometimes when things are difficult in my life, all we can see is the difficulty. All we can see is what's going on with that thing. And our vision begins to diminish. And we begin to start operating in our plan instead of God's plan. Turn to somebody and say, God's got a plan. Come on, turn to somebody else and say, God's got a plan. See, what happens is we operate in our plan. And her plan was to eat and die. I'm going to fix this. The sticks were for her to have fire, to be able to cook with, to make, you know, make a little bit of food for her and her son and eat it and die. And he goes on here in verse 13. Elijah said to her, do not fear. Now, there are times in the Bible when you read through it that an angel of God shows up and it's like, do not fear. Why? Because it's not a little cherub angel. Oh, little cute little angel. Nice little angel. No, it's a huge warring angel so much that they go, <gasps> are you with me? A little cherub angel. It's a little cherub angel. I love cherub angels. Love you guys. Love you. Little cherub angels are wonderful, but I want a warring angel. Are you with me? I want Michael to show up. And when the angel Michael shows up, angel Gabriel shows up, the first thing he says is, don't fear. So Elijah must have sensed in the woman that there was some animosity in her. Not only doubt and unbelief, lack of vision, but there were, could have been a place. He was ha- must have been a man that was able to calm some things. But he said, don't fear. And now here's what he asks her. And he said, as, do as I have said. Make me a little cake, a little bread from what you have. Bring it to me first, and afterward you may take one for yourself and for your son. For thus the Lord says, the Lord God of Israel, listen, that the bowl of flour shall not be exhausted, nor shall the jar of oil be empty until the day that the Lord sends the rain on the face of the earth. So guess what she did? Verse 15. She went and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and her household ate for many days. The flour, excuse me, the bowl of flour was not exhausted, nor did the jar of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord, which was spoken through Elijah. 
the word of the Lord that was spoken through Elijah. God was preparing Elijah for something and he used the water. He used the brook. He used the lack of water, the lack of the brook. Come on, somebody to bring Elijah to a place, because if you if you have to understand this, that God took care of Elijah, but God also provided wherever Elijah went. He said, I got somebody there that will feed you. I got somebody there to take care of you. Oh, come on. Somebody needs to know this tonight. And those of you that are watching us online on the Internet, that you need to know that God has provision for you. Say, God has provision for me. You know, and, and did he have provision just for her or did he have provision for her and her family, her son? Right. I, I like to expand that because it, it, her family also. Because if you continue to read, you see that she has obviously another son. In Elijah, in, I mean, in, in 17, as you keep reading, you'll see what Elisha did also. But I want to look at a couple things there. Um, next slide, if you will. Verse 9 says, Arise and go to Zarephath. Arise and go to Zarephath. That word Zarephath means a place of refinement. Refinement. We're going to get into some of our discussion a little bit and a little bit about refinement. But let me give you a definition of a, a process of refinement. But um, is that what I got next or do I have that video? I want to show this video to you. How many of you know refining? Um, before we start it, let me tell you this. Um, how many of you know gold has to be refined? How many of you want, if you're getting gold, do you want, do you want um, 99% pure? Or do you, you know, it's about as great as you can get. Or would you, you know, you just want a 10% pure. Ladies, ladies, here we go. Ladies, how about the gold? Do you want, do you want some fool's gold or do you want the real stuff? Okay. Okay. So take, take a look at this video because the word refinement, um, I, I pulled this video up and I began to look at it for gold and it really began to show a process, say process. We're going through some processes, and let's take a look at this one process, if you will. Mike, that'd be great. This is a gold bar coming down, beginning the process.
Oh, look at that. like to go through that process why isn't anybody raising their hand how many of you would like to have a gold bar like that yeah yeah i was like man that was pretty good i was waiting on the internet to go i wanted to see what gold was per ounce i uh, you know but but there is a process that takes place and we saw just a little bit of it of of purifying gold and how many of you know that gold is valuable those of you that raise your hand that like to have a gold bar I'd love to be able to go out there and say, we got them out there in the, in the foyer, just go get you one, right, man? You know, we'd be able to, love to be able to do that, right? Um, but it, there is a process in which that gold goes through. There is a refinement process that which that goes through. And how many of you realize we are all on a journey? We are all on a process. We're going through some stuff in our lives. And how many of you realize in, that, that, that as that process takes place, the goal is for us to be able to be purified, to come out to that place to where we're better than when we went in. Oh, come on, somebody. God says in Romans 8, 28, he's working everything out for our own good. So let's take a look at the definition of refinement. We're going to have some discussion on this. Number one, it's the process of removing impurities or unwanted elements from a substance. It is a process of removing impurities or unwanted uh, unwanted elements from a substance. How about if we relate it to us? A refining process, and here is Elijah moving into a refining process. That's what the scripture talks about because that word actually means, Zarephath means a place of refinement, is the process of removing impurities. There's some impure stuff in all of us. It doesn't matter where you came from. If you're a human being, you got some impure processes. Come on, somebody. And, and, and God wants to remove those things. He wants to take those things that the enemy meant for harm or have been bent or have not been straightened out or have been crooked places. He wants to begin to make those places straight and he wants to take those impurities and begin to remove them. Another definition of, somebody calling me, another definition of the improvement or clarification of something by making of small changes. Making small changes. The improvement or clarification of something by making small changes. Is anybody needed to make some small changes in their life? And some are like, well, man, there's so many big things going on. Just do the little small things. And I'm telling you, those small things won't get into the big things. 
if you begin to start making those changes, those, those process changes in which we're involved in. So we're going to take a few minutes. I wanted you to, to begin to look at this. How many of you know if Elijah went through it, we probably have to go through it too, don't we? You know? And, and it's part of, part of maturing, part of life. In a, in a few weeks, I want to talk a little bit about the refinement process and how it is in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And we'll take a good look at that when, when, when I get that, that revelation from the Lord and really how that refinement process is. But in the Old Testament, we see where Elijah was actually, there was some things that he was doing coming to a place of refinement. Why? Because there was something that God was preparing him for ahead we know now because we can read the book right and we can look and see that he had a tremendous battle with the with the 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 prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel, that he knew that he had to be connected to God. And it was it was cool, man. If you guys could get a chance to read that, because it was like, you know, Baal this, Baal that. Well, like, Baal likes blood, so why don't you cut yourself? They're cutting themselves, they're putting it on there. And, you know, it's like, you know, this. there was a battle between good and evil, my God and your God. And I'm telling you, we're in the same battle now today, because there is God of, of Islam, there's the God of, of Harry Krishna, there's the God of other things. And how many of you know, Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. There is none other before him, and there'll be none other after him. It is Jesus, and same, that same battle that's taking place there is taking place today. And God is refining all of us. Ouch. He's refining us to a place to where he can begin to say, there's something ahead for you, and you're going to have victory. Tell the person next to you, you're going to have victory. You're going to have victory. If you, if you guys, why don't you guys stand up, if you will, and grab your stuff. We're going to be dismissed to the fellowship hall. But let me, as you stand up, after everybody gets stood up, I'm going to just pray for you guys, all right? Because we are in this process. We've got some discussion questions on the table. You are welcome to take them home with you. We want you to take them home with you. we got about 30 minutes to get a bite to eat and get in your tables. Let me pray for you, Father. I thank you that discussion tonight. I thank you that the word of God tonight. I thank you that it's alive and active. I thank you our discussions are alive and active and i thank you that you're given wisdom and revelation tonight in all things in jesus name we bless our food we bless our time in jesus name amen listen sunday morning we're going to have an awesome meeting get together with somebody else invite somebody else see if we can fill this place up amen let's go get together on our small groups tonight